Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. Before today's story, I just want to do a quick plug for a show I'm doing, both as a live event for those in Sydney and as a live stream available internationally via Global Fringe. I'm hosting a cabaret variety hour of incredible local performers called Queers on the Fringe, September 23rd to 26, with a Pay What You Feel live stream on the Wednesday night. I'd love you all to tune in. I've got an incredible lineup of comedy, music, drag, movement, storytelling, and more, with Jamaica Moana, Brendan McLean, Victoria Zerbst, Nina Oyama, and Jojo Zaho. Check it out and book your tickets on sydneyfringe.com. And now, Ana Maria Gomez is a 28-year-old, 167 centimetre tall brown babe living in Nam. Usually a top, but will switch for cuties who ask nicely. Not gay as in happy, but queer as in doesn't give a shit about the junk you're packing. Non-monogs, currently in an open relationship with herself, mostly here because her therapist told her to date more, primarily looking for compliments and validation. (laughs) Enjoy. I'm standing on Elizabeth Street, waiting to head home on the tram, freaking out about maybe having missed the quiet before the storm, also known as peak hour. I like to think I've mastered the art of avoiding crowded PT, but baby went out to Richmond to buy her first harness today. I know, it's cute, right? And turns out choosing the perfect dick can take a while. Sorry, dicks plural. One for me, one for guests. I'm nothing if not a good host. The ancestors must be watching because despite the time, the 19 isn't that packed. I even managed to get a solo siege. I often ponder the possibility of calculating how many farts a tram seat holds. <laughs> Until I remember that I dropped all maths and science in year 10, big surprise, and am therefore wo- woefully unqualified to lead this experiment. A recurring nightmare of mine is being back in the advanced math class I hated, trying to explain to my sadist teacher that I don't need to be there because I already have a degree with honors, I scream desperately. It's like my brain is pointing and laughing at me, Nelson style, ha ha, for spending five years and an inordinate amount of money studying arts at Unimelb. Yeah, bitch, I know, I was there, fucking eat my shorts. Today, the fart question barely crosses my mind because as soon as my perfect ass hits the fluoro green print, I realize that I'm, well, I'm dying. Nausea, dizziness, my ears are ringing, my vision is blurry, my limbs are shaking so hard that I reckon if I try to stand up, I look like one of those giant inflatable failing tube dudes you see at petrol stations sometimes. I thank my seat and all of its ghosts of farts passed. I have panic attacks often enough to know that I'm probably not actually about to cross the bridge into the afterlife. The thing is, just last week, I had to get a 24-hour hotomonitor put in about 24 hours after my Tio died of heart surgery complications. Worst timing ever. Long story short, my heart rate's fucked and I'm on a wait list to see a specialist. And right now, the thing is channeling Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Oh, bang, bang, bang. Here's Johnny against my chest. So I reckon death is not that far-fetched. As any good Virgo would, I weigh up my options. Staying on the tram pros. If I'm dying, my fellow commuters might be able to save me. Someone will yell out, is anyone here a doctor? 
The white dude in the shabby burgundy corduroy jacket over there would take off his Beats by Dre's and say, well, I still have like three years to go on my PhD, but... Then I'll hear things like, call an ambulance, make some room, people, check her airways. The tram driver, played by Bruce Willis, will come out of his compartment, <laughs> run to the other end of the tram, and start speeding in the opposite direction towards the Royal Melbourne Hospital. And scene. By the way, can you tell I've been rewatching Gilmore Girls with what with all the tangents, fast talking, and pop culture references? <laughs> also, I have ADD, so. Maybe she was born with it. Maybe it's the most beloved mother-daughter series of all time. <laughs> Staying on the tram cons. I don't want to inconvenience or traumatize anyone. The decent thing to do is get off the tram and find a quiet street to die in. <laughs> but whoever finds me will also be inconvenienced or traumatized. Plus, if this is a panic attack, it's about to escalate. I'm already crying, which is perfectly acceptable on the 19. <laughs> After spending a decade on the same line, I've both witnessed a lot of crying and done my fair share of it. The tram stops at Uni Melb, so there's a, there are a lot of regretful, depressed regulars on board. <laughs> the unspoken rule is, should you see weeping, you leave the weeper be. Also, I nailed that gorgeous, sadly gazing out of the window from a moving vehicle look in my childhood. My then teen siblings made me watch MTV all day, every day, through the late 90s and early 2000s, so. But the upcoming hyperventilating, sobbing, and I can't breathe is not so gorgeous. The last thing I want is to draw attention to myself. Palm-faced moment as I realize that the outfit I have on is quite high-vis. Attention can't not be drawn to it. <laughs> I left the house in the first place because I was invited to speak to a second year creative writing class this morning. I've never studied creative writing or spoken to students before. That's a bit of a flex, excuse me. <laughs> um, and they'd be like 18, 19. Incidentally, did you know that's how old Avril Lavigne's masterpiece Skater Boy is? <laughs> 18 years old. Sorry, did I just make you feel ancient? Good, now you know how I felt. Speaking of Avril, I'd planned this whole nostalgic dreamboat tomboy ensemble for the occasion. I tend to play dress-ups when I'm about to enter potentially stressful situations. <laughs> Uh, by the way, tonight I was going for um, the Latinx one in Real Housewives of whatever. <laughs> it's kind of like putting on an armor. Today I was hoping my clothes would be cool enough to detract away attention away from the fact that I know nothing. How the imposter syndrome. The look was meant to say, yes, I am Ana Maria the writer. Confident, stylish, a little bit intimidating, yet fun and approachable, and young. <laughs> Look at my cool eyebrows lit kids. Definitely not a rash decision I made sad, drunk, and alone. 
Never mind that I do most of my writing in trackies and a fluffy Kmart robe that's covered in permanent coffee stains and the cigarette burns. <laughs> Except, well, have you heard of one about dysmorphia and dysphoria walking into a bar? There's no punchline because it's not a joke. It's just a thing that happens when I'm trying to get dressed, you know? <laughs> you know. My hips pulled the Shakira this morning and refused to lie. So I went, oh, fine, fuck you, tight jeans it is. Binder not working either? Well then, you're getting a crop top and no bra, also those huge diamante hoops and that pair of chunky platform boots that turn your 167 centimeters tall into about 185. And we're not gonna go easy on the makeup either, bitch. <laughs> I'm not even mad because, frankly, I look fabulous. And this is an excellent outfit to die in. But I'm definitely failing at not drawing attention to myself because what completes the look is a very big, very fluffy, very hot pink faux fur coat. Oh yeah, and I'm literally carrying a huge bag of dicks. <laughs> I picture the headlines. Young woman meets sudden death on tram whilst carrying sex toys. The Conservatives will have a few day on the opinion page of the Herald Sun. Enraged queers will retort on all socials. The Prime Minister will, well, he'll do nothing, because that's just his brand. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm not a white enough to make the news. I hop off the tram and drag myself to a side street and proceed to hyperventilate in a curb. It's not a particularly quiet spot, but people follow the rule and let the weeper be. I send an SOS to the Banana Maria Wellness Center, my support network group chat with my closest friends and members of my chosen fam, the children of the House of Emotions, if you please. I started it because it takes a village to keep someone like me alive, especially if, if all its inhabitants have their own mental health shit going on. Cat and Pansy both respond. The first bails on her mate to pick me up while the letter distracts me over text with all the tea on the golden age Hollywood lesbians. <laughs> Drama! Cat pulls over, opens the passenger's door, puts on her best white girl voice and says, get in loser, we're going shopping. I manage a little giggle. I catch a glimpse of my, of my reflection in the side mirror. Mascara's been dramatically tracking down my face. Fun fact, I once preemptively dressed up as Beyonce in Why Don't You Love Me for a Breakup. You know, that shot with the phone and the martini? Because like Bay and Lizzo, I look pretty crying. <laughs> Moral of the story, a cute outfit can improve a shitty situation. Anyway, I wonder how many farts this car seat holds. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. Follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram, and please consider ordering a copy of the Queer Stories book, a collection of the tales that I edited with beautiful stories by incredible writers such as Nayuka Gori, Benjamin Law, Candy Bowers, Candy Royale, Simon Hunt, Liz Duck Chong and Rebecca Shaw.